But what I'd like for us to do today uh, is I'd like for you to stand and let's give a warm, equipped church welcome to Pastor Mike Alvarado as he comes. Good morning. I know we've done this already. Well, no, 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 stand, stand. I didn't say be seated. I'm not your pastor, but I got the microphone. Do me a favor. Would you raise your hands one more time to heaven? So, Holy Spirit, we know you're here. The worship was outstanding. Your presence was phenomenal, Lord. But before I jump into the word, Father, I just one, one more time, Holy Spirit, I want to acknowledge your presence in the room from the front to the back, from the right to the left, in the lobby with the kids, with the students, Lord, you are, you are welcome, Holy Spirit, to come and do what only you can do. So, Lord God, I pray that even now, Lord, as I begin to speak, that any distraction would be gone in the name of Jesus, Lord, any fear, any worry or anxiety, any sickness or headaches, Father, be gone today in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're healing even now, Lord God, knee pain, Father, and back pain, Lord Father. I just, just believe that at times, Lord God, the enemy attacks our bodies during church so that we lose focus on what the Spirit wants to say. So, Holy Spirit, we love you, and we say welcome. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come and do what only you can do for the next 30 minutes. Would you come and just speak the mind of Christ to us? And we give you preeminence in this room. We say welcome. Lord God, would you move? We honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Say amen. amen. Now you can be seated. All right. Well, it's an honor for those of you, I think the majority of you don't know uh, who I am. My name is Mike, and uh, I am married, been married for 25 years to the love of my wife, Mary, and uh, together we have one daughter. She is a 15-year-old pistol of a girl, uh, and uh, she's given me gray hairs the last couple years, but... Her name is Maddie, and together uh, we serve Resource City Church. We've been pastoring there for 21 years, and it started as a small little Spanish Assembly of God with about 55, 60 people, um, and today we'll have nearly 800 people in church, and uh, we've already been kind of struggling this morning. I got a text early this morning that our internet was down, and, and uh, so my media guy and my executive pastor were texting, what do we do, what do we do? I said, just record it, don't worry about it, put it online later. Um, my associate pastor, Juan Garza, is here today, and he came with me, and, and we put him, uh, I didn't even ask him, Pastor Maurice's throat was hurting a little bit, and he couldn't really speak at the men's conference yesterday, and so I, without even telling Juan anything, I said, hey, Juan can do it, and sure enough, uh, he spoke well to the men, and men, thank you guys for this weekend, you guys, it was a phenomenal conference, and looking forward to what else God has in store for you. So yeah, so I love Phoenix, Arizona. Every time I come here, I feel at peace. I don't really like traveling without my wife, but I do love Arizona. Yesterday, we have a niece who uh, attends Grand Canyon University, so Pastor Juan and I got to go spend some time with her yesterday and give her a little bit of money and, and hug on her and, and, and love her. And so um, uh, I'm excited to be here today. I want to share something that has been heavy on my heart probably since the month of July, something that has been convicting me um, regarding not just uh, my church in Moses Lake, but I believe the message that I want to share with you is a, is a message for our nation. 
Now, for some of you, it may be a review of one of what your core messages is as a church, because I know your pastors and we love them dearly. They befriended us, like Pastor Marie said, even though he did lie to get me here. Um, they, they befriended us, um, took us in and encouraged us um, way back when, uh, I'll just say this, 50 pounds ago, 50 pounds ago. And, um, and so for, we're forever indebted to Pastor Maurice and Pastor Rose um, and their amazing daughters and son-in-law and their granddaughter uh, for all that, that, that they've done for our lives. But I want to also share for some of you that you may not know an introduction to, to something that I believe has been missing in the church of the United States. I want to read to you in a moment out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, you can get that ready. But, but before I jump into that scripture, I want to give you just a little bit of context about what I'm about to read to you. So the Apostle Paul planted the church in Corinth in the year around 50 AD, 50 years after the death of Jesus. And in Acts 18, we actually read that after he had been rejected by the Jews in a synagogue, he went next door to a Gentile family and he planted a new church. And the Jews were so angry with him that they began to threaten him. And they began to tell him that we, we are going to kill you if you continue preaching about this Jesus We're going to harm you. We're going to find you. And we are going to arrest the people that accept the message that you are preaching. And so Paul began to fear for his life. And I love God and I love God's timing. Can you turn me down just a little bit? I think I'm just a little too loud. I tend to, I tend to get a little bit loud. I'm I'm an old school Pentecostal preacher, if that's okay with you. And I might launch into a little bit of Spanish if that's all right. Okay. But the night that he was afraid and he was thinking of leaving town, He has a vision, and God speaks to him in this vision. It's found in Acts 18, verses 9 and 10. I want to read it for you. It says, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. He said, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking and don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack or harm you because I have many people in this city. I love what the Holy Spirit does right there in that moment to the Apostle Paul when he's afraid and and he thinks that, that maybe it's time to leave the assignment The Spirit of God speaks to him and says, don't be afraid. Continue doing what you're doing. In fact, when you have opposition, that's a good sign that you are in the middle of my will. And so he says, I want you to keep doing because what you don't understand is I've got a lot of people in this city. I know a guy. I got a guy. You know, all of us kind of need and we all need that person that will beat somebody up for us. Sorry, Teen Challenge, guys. But... But we all need those ride-or-die people in our lives, right? And God, God, through the Spirit, tells the Apostle Paul, don't be afraid because I got people in this city that are going to protect you. And, and even though people are screaming and shouting at you and threatening you, I've got people surrounding you, things that you don't even know about, angels that you can't even see that are protecting you. So stay. And so the Bible teaches us that the Apostle Paul actually stayed in Corinth for 18 months, a year and a half, he's establishing leadership and doctrine and discipleship through the teaching of the word of God and through the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit through miracles and signs and wonders. Now, listen to me, family. If the church in America is going to be powerful, it needs both strong doctrine and a strong presence of the Holy Spirit. Because if you only have strong doctrine, you become prideful, arrogant, and religious. But if you only have Holy Spirit, you become super charismatic and spooky and weird. And so when you have a balance of strong doctrine and strong Holy Spirit and you mesh the two together, there's nothing that Satan can do to stop that move of God. 
Now, Corinth was a very wealthy and secular city. It was influenced by Greek thought and philosophy and spiritual perversion and arrogance and Greek mythology, meaning that they worship many different gods in Corinth. And within the strong secular culture, the, the church, the Apostle Paul planted a church and they were on fire for the Lord. But after a few years, the Greek culture and Greek thought began to infiltrate the church. You see, family, the church was created to influence and change culture. But unfortunately, secular culture creeps into the church. And I'm going to explain why it continues to do so today. See, after the Apostle Paul left, the people of the church began to once again rely on Greek thought and Greek mythology and Greek culture. And it began to become a church of the haves and the have-nots, where the wealthy in the church sat on one side and the poor in the church sat on another side. And those with spiritual gifts felt that they were better Christians than those that were struggling to find their spiritual, uh, their spiritual gifts. And there began to be division. If there is one thing that Satan wants to do to the body of Christ, he wants to divide it. He wants to say, yes, we know that Pastor Maurice and Rose have a vision, but we've got a different vision, so we're going to follow another direction. And anytime there are two visions, there is division. And so, and, so, and so this began to infiltrate the church of Corinth, and they began to depend more on education and human wisdom and human philosophy and less of the Spirit of God. And one day the Apostle Paul, now he's in another city, he receives a letter in the ch from the church by, by a lady named Chloe. Chloe was a leader in the church of, of Corinth. And, and she basically tells Paul, um, Pastor, the church is a mess. It's divided. And I'm not a narc, but I'm here to tell you, Paul, you got to do something about this. Because I felt the spirit of God in that, in that church, and he's no longer present. So Paul writes a strong letter, and we're going to read it, and I think you're going to have it up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, and then we're going to skip down to verse 12. It says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters. Now, he's writing directly to the issue. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness. Mm. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but, but with a demonstration. Somebody say demonstration. Demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. What we have received, look at this, verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. He reminds them, when I came to you, I didn't come like a Greek philosopher. Even though I was educated and I could, I could have spoken with the greatest vocabulary, I chose not to come to you at that level. My purpose when I came to Corinth was to preach Jesus. I didn't need to know about Greek culture and, and how Corinth uh, ran things because the kingdom of God is greater than any kind of culture on the planet. And he said, I was afraid for my life. 
He reminds them, I felt weak and I felt inadequate. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but sometimes God calls you to do things and you feel inadequate. You feel like you don't have the education, like you don't have the experience. And God nevertheless says, you go and I just open your mouth and I'll fill your mouth with my words. And, and so Paul says, I was afraid for my life. I thought I was going to be killed. I felt weak. I felt very inadequate and I didn't feel capable and I didn't feel wise enough to speak to you. He says, I didn't come with persuasive words but I did come with demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit and he says I want to I want to remind you if you have forgotten that you have not received the spirit of this world equipped church you have not received the spirit of Phoenix Arizona but we have received the Holy Spirit to make us understand what the Father has freely given to each of us I want, I want to talk just for, for the next 15 minutes about a stranger in the Church of America today, and his name is Holy Spirit. Because although he is God, many churches think that he is less important than the Father and the Son. And one of the reasons why the church in America is so weak and, and why COVID almost destroyed the church of America and how the church of America became so political since, since 2020, it's because we gave more room to man than we did to the Spirit of God. And perhaps the church in America has grieved the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. If you know this or don't know this, you need to understand this morning, you need the Holy Spirit. You need him in your life. And I'm not talking about being spooky and running up and down the church and going up and down. That kind of is crazy and weird and makes people kind of not want the Spirit of God. But when you've understood who the Holy Spirit is, you will want him to consume every part of your life. One of the reasons why our churches are weak is because we fail to take what we've learned at this altar out into the streets of Phoenix, Arizona. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I love him. That guy has rocked my world. I talk to him every day, all the time, every moment of my life. I'm like, Holy Spirit, if you don't, if you don't, the, you know, we're pastors, right? But, but we're, we're flawed. Can I say, oh, I didn't hear an amen there. We're pastors, but we're flawed. You have as much of the Holy Spirit as I have. But sometimes I say, God, this person keeps complaining at church. If, if you don't, Holy Spirit, I'm going to slap somebody. And we need the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus told his disciples, it's better for you if I leave you because then I can send the helper, the advocate, the comforter, the paraclete, my spirit who now is with you, but in a few moments he will be inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus in your life. He is God and he is powerful and he wants to come back into his church. Can I get an amen in the house of God today? I want to remind you, we see him at the very beginning of creation, hovering over the chaos of this planet. And when God spoke, the Holy Spirit executed the plan. The Spirit of God was hovering over darkness. He was hovering over chaos. He was hovering over confusion. But when the Spirit, when the, when God the Father said, let there be light, immediately the Holy Spirit went to work bringing order to chaos you need to understand that if you have confusion in your life if you have chaos in your life you need to invite the spirit of God to come and bring peace into your life 
It's impossible. It's impossible to go far or deep into God's presence if you are not guided by the Spirit of God. You will never find success in your walk with Jesus without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why many times we go back to habits after getting blessed at church. We go back to sin because we have not allowed the Holy Spirit to penetrate every area of our mind and our soul. Can I get an amen today? Paul told Timothy and he told the Ephesians, the spirit of God is a deposit. He is a guarantee. He is a promise that more is coming later. Nothing happens on earth without the Holy Spirit. He is the earthly agent of the Trinity and he produces inside of you the will to do and the will to want. He produces vision and empowers for calling. He convicts of sin and he convinces of justice. He is not a thing, but he is a person. He is not an Eastern mystic energy. He is not weird, but as the third person of the Trinity, he is equal to the father and equal to the son he has intellect feelings emotions and a will he is eternal omnipresent and omniscient he gives life he is the spirit of god he is the ruach of heaven the breath of god adam didn't come to have life until god breathed the spirit of god inside of him job later would say that the spirit of the almighty gave him breath to live In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God rested upon the saints of old to empower them. The prophets of old could not prophesy until the Holy Spirit came to rest on them. And then the Spirit of God would give them words and they would speak. Uh, He would empower them to be creative builders and to prophesy. But what I love about the New Testament is he no longer comes upon us to rest on us. He actually inhabits our spirit and we become his temple. You are not your own. You don't belong to you. You you were bought at a price. That's why the spirit of God lives inside of you. Uh, But you can resist him. You can grieve him. You can quench him. And you can even blaspheme him. But the spirit of God reveals the will of God. And he gives you the ability to do greater things. He is called in scripture the good spirit. He is called the spirit of God. He is called the counselor, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of adoption, and the spirit of grace. There are symbols that the authors of scripture would use for the Holy Spirit, like a dove or fire or wind or breath. He is a seal. He is living water. He is a river that flows. He is oil that anoints. And he empowers you. For the call of God on your life. You need to understand. Don't think that you can come to church and be invisible. You need to understand that you are called. And you aren't called to occupy that chair once a week for an hour and a half. You are called, you are called to go out into your area where you live, where you work, and be the spirit of God and be Jesus and be light to everyone around you. He empowers you for the call. He is your protector. He's an all-consuming fire. He gives spiritual gifts like prophecy and words of knowledge and leadership and giving and serving and tongues and interpretation of tongues. He helps you and I resist temptation and he helps us discern spiritual forces of wickedness all around us. And family, he is preparing his church for the rapture. He is the one who's transforming you into the image of the son, Jesus Christ. He is the one who speaks to your life. He opens doors that nobody can shut. He enables you to cast out demons. And when you live for Jesus, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in your life, like patience, joy, and goodness, and faithfulness. Why don't I slap that person? Because I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And slapping is not a fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes I wish it was. But it's not. 
Oh, something came to my mind right now, and I can't say it. This is not my church. Sorry. No, I can't. I can't. I'll, yeah. Pastor Rose, I'll tell you later. You'll laugh. Listen to me. He empowers you to be a witness to this world of the goodness of God. That, that song that Jasmine and the team sang, that's been my song all summer long. I've had to reflect on how God has been good to me. You see, the Spirit of God, not only is he good to you, but he prays for you. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is actually praying for you this very moment? Some of you are dozing off. Some of you are trying to ignore what God is saying, and the Spirit of God is actually interceding in heaven for you right now so that you'd wake up and walk in energy. One of my pet peeves on Sundays is when you ask people how they're doing, and they say, I'm tired. Why are you tired? Well, don't you know that you got, you've got to come with energy to the house of God? That means you got to go to sleep early on Saturday nights and you got to say no to hanging out to other people. Pastor, Pastor Maurice, I wasn't talking too much in the truck today because on Sunday mornings, I don't like to talk to people. I know I got to deliver a message and I, I don't want to talk to people. He empowers you. The spirit of God empowers you to be a witness to this world. And he prays for you and he sanctifies you. You can't take the Holy Spirit out of a church because if he leaves the church, that church will grow dry and either becomes a dead and religious church or it closes its doors altogether. Unfortunately, all over the United States, churches are closing their doors every day because they forgot about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God to you. He gives you revelation into the mysteries of God. He lives inside of you. And because you are his temple, he desires to move inside of your mind and your soul and your spirit to tell you what God thinks about you. Paul says that the spirit of God reveals what the father is saying. In fact, Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see the father doing. And I don't say anything that I don't see the father saying because I move as the spirit of God moves. Sorry, I get a little bit excited when I talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus in Luke chapter 4, as he's about to begin his ministry, he opens up the scroll of Isaiah and he opens up to Isaiah 61 and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim the favor of the Lord upon the people of God. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we've forgotten many times that the spirit of God calls us anoints us, and sends us to, to fulfill the call. But unfortunately, as our world has become more secular, as our nation has become more humanistic, um, the church has become weaker. And the church has become passive. And we've ignored the Holy Spirit. We've ignored his promptings. Family, this, you, you can't, you, you can't just afford to hear the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings from Pastor Maurice. You have to hear from him every day. I love, Pastor Tony, what you said yesterday at the men's conference. When you said, you want to hear the voice of God? Open up your Bible and read it out loud. You're hearing the voice of God. That's a word right there. I hear the Holy Spirit calling equipped church to come closer to him. Family, we can't do a thing that will last without the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have felt weak, you need to invite him back in. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, stop thinking that it's weird to speak in tongues and get baptized in the Holy Spirit because you need his power and you need his fire. 
Men of Teen Challenge, the only way you are going to survive this program. See, we have two campuses, and, and one of the associate pastors at our second campus used to be a Teen Challenge director in the Northwest. And he'd bring guys to our church all the time, guys that would last for three months, and then after three months, they're like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need the rest of the program. And six months later, they're back on the streets. The only way you're going to last is by surrendering to the Holy Spirit. You gave your heart to Jesus already. Praise the Lord. Now you got to surrender to the Spirit of God. Because not, not only will he remove any temptation to go back to your past, he will set you up for a family and a future and a hope. That's what the Holy Spirit can do for you. We all need that. We all need the Holy Spirit. We need him. And today, this might just be a basic message but I feel such an apostolic and prophetic anointing to declare that God wants to do a new thing in this house. A new move of the spirit wants to be launched in this house that goes out into the streets of your city. Family, we need the Holy Spirit. He cannot be a stranger at, at equipped church, but neither can he just be a nice thing that we feel on Sunday mornings. If you only feel him on Sunday mornings, you're doing something wrong. The church that is ready for the second coming of Christ is going to be a church that's full of the Holy Spirit. I'm about to close. Paul told the Corinthians, I didn't come with great words. My message was simple. My message was Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to bring your life together. But he said this, I, I didn't come with these with these." Amazing. You know, sometimes I hear these preachers that use big words. I, my, my spiritual father lives here in Arizona, and we hung out with him all this week, and, and he used this word. He said, it's just that, that people want you to be ubiquitous. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I, I had to do a Google search. Ubiquitous. I don't even know how to spell that word. So what I did then, I tried to show off. I texted my leadership team. And I said, man, when people want you to be ubiquitous, just know that you can't. And then in parentheses, I said, look it up. <laughs> Paul said, I didn't come. I didn't come to you saying ubiquitous. I, I, didn't, I didn't come with, with great and phenomenal words. But I did come to demonstrate the power of the Spirit. I'm sure he reminded them. You remember that blind lady that came and I laid hands on her and she received her sight. You remember the man who, who couldn't walk and we laid hands on him and he got up and he walked. And you remember that family that was about to divorce and we prayed over them and got them counseling and God reunited them. He said, I, I didn't come with great words, but I did come to demonstrate the power of God. And what I told the men yesterday, I'm going to repeat here again, that as a church, we have to move from theory into demonstration. You know what I'm saying? Theory is something that, that we talk about. It's a philosophy. It's God can do all things. God is amazing. The power of the spirit, that's all theory, right? But once you begin to walk in it and demonstrate it, it moves from theory into demonstration. Nobody gets saved with theory. They get saved by demonstration. You need to understand that, that that's what God wants his church to begin to walk into. And Paul says, I came demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit so that you would know that it's not me, it's not us, it's him. And family, this morning, 
I don't want this church and I don't want my church. I don't want the church of America to be like the Corinthians, full of educated and wealthy people, but with no spiritual power nor spiritual stamina who, stamina who quit at the first sign of opposition. I'm tired of spiritual wusses in the house of God. Who get offended at every little thing the preacher says. Who get offended at every little thing. If you're going to get offended, walk out and stay out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm flying out here tonight, guys. I'm going to get some tacos after church. And if you never invite me back, love you. But lock those doors because nobody's leaving. It's time to let, it's time to let those, those little things just be gone. I don't want to be like the Corinthians with no spine and no backbone in the spirit. I want to be a church that knows doctrine, but I also want to be a church that knows power. This is the kind of church that's going to change Phoenix, Arizona. This is the kind of church that's going to change the United States of America and usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. The message of the cross family combined with the power of the Holy Spirit will save souls and deliver addicts and heal marriages and restore homes and empower people to finally walk in the call of God, to finally say yes to the call of God on their lives. The body of Christ was birthed through the power of the Holy Spirit. What I love about this church, it's a very multi-ethnic church. And that's how the power of the Holy Spirit actually started in the book of Acts by becoming a multi-ethnic church of diverse languages and diverse cultures. They didn't care about the language that you spoke. They just came because they had something in common. They had Jesus in their lives and a love and desire to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need that again. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need Him. Stop playing around. Stop messing around with it. You need the power of the Spirit of God in your life. And listen to me, family. I'm not, I'm not that spooky preacher. I need you to understand that. Some lady tried to bring flags the other day to church, and I'm like, take that woman down. We don't do flags in our church. She's like, but God has called me to do flags. Do them in the parking lot then. We'll put a speaker out there for you. I don't like spooky stuff like that. If people fall, it's cool, but I'm not going to push them down. That, that stuff scares people away. But I promise you, you lay hands on someone that has AIDS and God heals them. That's going to get people to serve the Lord. That's the church that Jesus needs today. There's a lot of dead and dry churches. He doesn't need that. There's a lot of spooky churches. He doesn't need that. He needs somewhere right in the middle, full of doctrine and full of power that understands what the 66 books of the scriptures talk about, but also walks into the street and lays hands on, on people and demons come out. That's the church that God wants today. And unfortunately, there's not too many of, of those around in our nation. Church became too political the last couple of years. Church became absent. I believe the body of Christ, for the most part in our country, missed out on a great opportunity when COVID hit. And I believe that we are living in prophetic moments in our world, in our nation, and in this region. That's why there's so much hell going on in our country. That's why there's so many issues with transgender and, and, and all these issues that are making their way. It's a spirit. Stop attacking people. Begin attacking the spirit behind those things. And if we are going to grow, then we're going to have to discern the move of God. 
I, I shared with the men yesterday, and, and, and I'll, I think I'm going to close. I don't know. I, 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 share, I shared with the men. What time do I got? Okay. Well, I don't fly out till, I don't have to be at the airport till six, so. No. I'm, not a lo- I'm not long-winded, I promise. But I shared this with the men yesterday. That when I lived here in ni- from 99 to 2001, one of the things that I loved was monsoon season. In fact, I think the weather the last couple of days, God did that for me. Because Pastor Maurice picked us up on, on Thursday evening and I saw it out in the clouds. I'm like, hey, it's not August. It's October. What's that? And we saw lightning and thunder. And, and then all of a sudden, in a moment, we just got showered with rain. And I remember monsoon season because it was a new concept to me. I'm in the Northwest and, and it's where we live. It's not like Seattle where it's trees everywhere. We live on the Eastern side of Washington where it's very much like this. It's dry and desert. It's 105 in the summertime. And then we get six inches of snow in the wintertime. And, but what I loved about monsoon season is I'd see the clouds in the distance, right? You know what I'm talking about? Dark, far away. And you're like, oh, dang, around four o'clock, it's probably going to pour. And sure enough, it makes its way in and showers for about five, 10 minutes, leaves its devastation, and then leaves again, right? And you're like, why is it flooding all of a sudden? And it's 180 stinking degrees here. And then it gets muggy and, and anyway. And I shared with the men that one day Jesus is talking with the Pharisees. And he says, you hypocrites. Because you can look at the clouds and understand that a monsoon is coming. But you can't look at me and see that I'm the son of God and I'm coming. He says, you hypocrites. You can discern the weather, but you, don't, you can't discern the move of God. Family, I don't, I don't want to be like that. I want to discern the move of God. I want to know when God is moving. I want to know when things aren't right and I got to stop and pay attention. Like some, my daughter is acting a certain way. I got to stop and not just get angry at her. What, what is influencing her? What is going on when there's disruption in the house of God? I don't want to ignore it. I want to stop and I want to discern what God is doing. And, and at times we don't do that. We, we can discern the weather. We can even discern the economy and know that interest rates are going to go up. But why can't we discern what God is doing? got to stop I want to be like those hypocrites that could discern everything on the exterior but won't take a moment to stop and, 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 and understand that the spirit of God is, is, is revealing things and speaking to them men and women of God family you need the Holy Ghost you need the some of you have, have walked away from him and he hasn't left you he's just grieved the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us we just grieve him and we bury him and some of you have walked away from covenant with your pastors and some of you have walked away from your calling and you got an attitude and and you got you got every reason in the book why you can't get involved you got every reason in the book why you can't help but I promise you you reconnect with the Spirit of God you will re- redo your calendar. I've come to challenge you today. I may never come back again. I got nothing to lose. 
But we got to reconnect with the Spirit of God. I told the men yesterday, you know, one of the things that I get tired of in church life, it's not going to sound right coming from a pastor, is amazing altar calls. Because there's an altar call and people get blessed and touched and they cry or they're kneeling and they're, you know, and I'm the first one there. I, often I'm, I'm at the altar praying. But then they leave unchanged. There's no fruit to the experience that they had with the Lord. There's got, there's got to be a shift. There's got to be a change. And I feel in my spirit that at any moment we could miss out on this next wave of the spirit of God. I don't want to miss it. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to look back in five years and say I missed it again. Because I believe that this next wave of God's presence is going to change America. I believe that we are living in prophetic times. I believe that, that God wants his church to grow and go into darkness and bring the light of Jesus. And I don't want to miss that. Listen, I want to be right in the middle of it. I, I don't even need to lead it. I don't need to speak into it. I just want to recognize it and be in the middle of it. Because this new next wave is about empowerment. It's about taking the presence out of the church and into the world. And that's what's going to change your family. Some of you have family that are broken, busted, and disgusted. That they're jacked up. But one move of the Spirit of God through you could change their destiny. Could change the way they see things. I want to challenge you, family. Open your life up to the Spirit of God. That's what this man and woman right here, they need people who are full of the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen, not people who are full of opinions. Not people who are full of excuses. Not people who are full of something else. I can't say from here. Put two and two together. You know what I'm talking about. Ah, somebody got it just right now. But they need people who, who are full of the spirit of God. Not, not, not to say that they are the high and anointed ones over this church. Nope, there's only one. That's, his name is Jesus. But to, to say that they are the man and woman of God and the burden is intense and immense. I shared with the guys yesterday, there was a season, been pastoring that church for a long time now. There was a season where I was losing my hair. There were, I had pneumonia two times in a year and the doctor said, this is not because of the weather or you got a cold mic. This is stress related. You need to back away. And the burden is heavy. And the burden can be intense. And being a pastor can be the most lonely job on the planet. Because I know what it is to have a church of a thousand people and have an Easter service that has 200 salvations and be the most lonely man in the planet. It hurts. It hurts. It's difficult. Because everything within you, in your flesh, says, run away, walk away. But the Holy Spirit says, no, I'm not done yet. And so what if equipped church was full of the Spirit of God and surrounded their leaders and say, let's go, we're with you heart and soul. 
Let's, do, let's go out into the community. Wherever we live, that's going to be our hood that we're going to reach. That's going to be our barrio that we reach. Family, this is, what, this, is, this is the word that God has given to me for the body of Christ. Is it's time to walk in the power of the Spirit. You need him. You need him. You need to surrender. Some of you are in a, in a minute, you're going to have to come up here and, and you are going to have to repent to the spirit of God, not to the pastor, not to anybody else, you and God and say, I'm sorry that I've grieved you. I'm sorry that my attitude has grieved you. I'm sorry that my secret sin has grieved you. I'm sorry that my stubbornness has grieved you. I'm sorry that my pride and my arrogance has grieved you. I want you back in my life. Isn't it interesting that David, after he sinned with Bathsheba and he composes Psalms 51, one of the most powerful things he said was, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You can take the kingdom, you can, you can take the palace, you can take whatever you want, but don't take the Spirit of God. Take whatever you want, but I want the Spirit back in my life. I need the Spirit of God moving and operating in my life. And I love the fact that because of the cross of Calvary, you have full measure of the Spirit of God in your life. You can have as much of Him as you want because He loves you. And He'll tell you what God thinks about you. Some of us can be so sophisticated at times that we'll say, yeah, that's for other people, but that's not for me. No, 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 no. Come off your high chair. Come down to planet Earth. And know that the Holy Spirit wants to fill you he wants to move inside of you he wants to baptize you with fire he wants to give you the gifts of the holy spirit listen here's the great thing about the gifts of the spirit they're not just for sunday mornings i mean you think about it you business owners and you who are in management and you have problems at work and nobody knows how to solve them and then the spirit of god gives you a word of knowledge for that issue at work you see we're missing out or you have a rebellious child and you don't know what's going out and the Spirit of God gives you a gift of the word of wisdom to, to speak into their life. That is for everybody, not just pastors. It's for all of us. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Before I make a, a, an altar call today, I, I just want to know if there's anybody here, just eyes closed, hallelujah, and you don't know Jesus, you've never surrendered to him, you, you've come to church, and I'm not talking about church, you, you, you've done everything that you think you should be doing, and you're still not satisfied, and you haven't given your heart to Jesus. And today you say, preacher, I want to I wanna give my heart to Jesus. If that's you, just put your hand up in the air right now. Is there anybody at all? I see one hand. Anybody else? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I see another hand. There's two. I'm going to wait. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, if you raise your hands. So that you're not alone, we're going to say this prayer with you. The Bible says that, that we can say this prayer called the prayer of faith. That if we confess with our mouths and believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Yes, it's that simple. 
And so for those, those who raise their hands, and even if you didn't, we're gonna say this prayer. Repeat it after me. Say, Jesus, today I surrender, and I invite you into my heart. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Make me new. I confess with my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. Today I declare that you are my Savior and you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give them a hand for that? If you raised your hand, and even if you didn't, but you gave your heart to Jesus, go to the back table back there and get some information because now you need to know what it is to walk in what you've been, what you've been saved to. All right, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward. Who would be the first? You want more of the Holy Spirit, come forward, come forward, come forward. And here's the thing, we're not gonna lay hands on you today. Can I get the worship team up here? We're gonna sing the goodness of God one more time. Oh, this, oh, you better, more people better come up here right now. Come on, come on, come on. You want more of the Holy Spirit? Come on, we're not playing games. We just want more of him. I'm gonna pray an impartation over you. And if you're not baptizing the Holy Spirit, when you're up here, just begin to ask him, Holy Spirit, would you baptize me with fire? Even now, I feel the the Spirit of God right now. I feel him, I feel him, I feel him. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Don't be stubborn. Come on. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I hear the Lord say, it doesn't matter what you did last night. You aren't disqualified. Come up. Come up. moment to hear from the Lord. thank you for this house oftentimes God when I go into churches to preach it's very difficult for me to do so but in this house there's a freedom and I thank you for that but I also sense in my spirit there's there's still some resistance to the move of the Holy Spirit there's still some resistance and it's caused by hurt I just I just see that in the spirit right now that there's just been some hurt in people's lives which causes a root of bitterness to grow and God these are people that love you but they're having a hard time to trust they've been let down so many times and Lord other times there are those Lord ultra charismatics Lord that, that Lord Father God kind of scare us from, from moving into the next next move of your spirit God so Lord we don't want we don't want the far right we want we don't want the far left God we want right right where you're at So Holy Spirit, I pray now for an impartation of what you've given to me, Father God. Lord, an impartation into this church, Father, in Jesus' name. An impartation into the pastors and leadership team of this house, God. An impartation to the people of this house. So Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song, and as we're singing, 
I want you to cry out to the Spirit of God, all right? If that's through singing with them, then sing with them. If it's just crying out to God, come on, we're not going to get weird this morning, but we are going to cry out to the Holy Spirit. You can have as much of Him as you want. God is generous with His Spirit. He doesn't hold back. He says, ask and I will give. Seek me and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. So God, I prophesy open heavens now in the name of Jesus. I prophesy open heavens, Lord. Open up the windows over this place, Father. Rend the heavens, Father God, and break open the power of the Spirit of God upon men and women and students alike. Father, now, now in the name of Jesus, as we sing of your goodness, God, now, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, God. Hallelujah. To do whatever you want. Yes, Lord. To do whatever you want. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. And I will make room for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you want. Just call out, just call out, just call out. Come on, call out, call out, call out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, break me. Holy Spirit, break me. Holy Spirit, break me. Holy Spirit, break me. Holy Spirit, break me, God.
off everything, God, that hinders us, oh God. Shake us off, Lord. Yes, shake up the ground, God. Shake up the ground, God. Hallelujah. say Holy Spirit you are welcome into my life remove what needs to be removed empower me to fulfill my calling today I make a covenant with you that I will follow you and I will make room for you in my life in Jesus name amen so Lord God I pray for every person that made that prayer now God that as we make a covenant with you, Lord God, that we would fulfill our end of it, God. Because we know that no word of God will ever fail. That your yes is yes, Lord, and your no is no, God. And when you open doors, God, no man can shut, Lord God. And so, Lord God, we give you honor. And I bless this house. I bless this house. For the Lord says, I've seen your labor and I've seen your hurt. And I've seen the attacks of the enemy. I have not been idle. But the way that I moved at the beginning of creation, hovering over the face of the waters, I am hovering over your life, waiting for you to say the word. For as you begin to speak over your own life, the Lord says, I will move over that situation. But open your mouth and I will fulfill the word. You say, you say I'm not enough. You say you are not enough. But I hear the Lord say, I work best when my people are weak. I work best when my people understand the true source of their power. So no longer use the excuse that you're not enough. No longer use the excuse of your past. Begin to walk today and the new anointing that I am releasing upon your life and upon this church. Thus says the Spirit of the Lord. So God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I want to do one more thing before we're done. Pastor Maurice, would you come up? Pastor Juan, would you come behind him? Pastor Rose, would you come over here as well? 
How many of you love your pastors? Okay, that that was a that was a cute golf clap. See, I I play golf, but I'm a horrible putter. And so when I putt bad, that's how Pastor Juan claps. How many of you love your pastors? How many of you know that they mess up? That, well, not all the time. Not all the time. Stay out of my sermon, all right? But they mess up. Oh, but they love you guys. They brag on you guys. They do. They've had so many reasons to walk away. So many reasons. I'll be honest with you. I tried to convince them a year ago to move up with us just because I felt they were tired and they needed rest. And they've had their ups and downs. And do you know that being a pastor hits your, your wallet because pastors don't get paid as well as other professions do. And they've had, he's a businessman. This lady can do whatever she wants to do and find success. <laughs> when we first met them, you know, she used to work at a chiropractor and so she would crack necks. And she said, Mike, let me crack your neck, get on the ground. And she jumps on top of him. I'm like, who's this woman, right? And she grabs my, she grabs my head, she's like, Oh, wait a minute. You're big. You got a, you got a huge neck. Uh, this one's going to be really hard. And I thought she almost broke my, my neck, but she actually helped me. So she, whatever, whatever she wants to do, she'll find success. But God doesn't let them leave. And you guys have wanted to. There's been times that God says no. And they need they need the spirit of God. No, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you to give them money today. That's not what this is about. But this is about God just ministering to them. Would you guys extend your hands this way? Just come on. Would you pray for them right now? You guys, just raise your voices. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Oh. Hallelujah. 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 So even now, God, what you've given to Mary and I, Father, I impart to Pastor Rose and Pastor Maurice, Father. I pray for an increase in help, God. I'm reminded of David, Father, in the cave of Adullam. The Bible says, God, that day after day you sent him men that would come by his side and help him fight the battles of Israel, Father. And so I pray that in this next season, Father God, there would be an increase in resources, an increase in help, Lord, in manpower, Lord, Father God, that would say, Pastor Rose, Pastor Maurice, you guys stay home. We got this. You guys rest. We got this. Don't worry about it. We got this. Don't show up early for church. We got this. Lord, what you've given to me, Father, give to them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Though the battle has been strong and it's increased in intensity over the last few years, the Lord says 
that because you didn't walk away when others would have, in fact, when you didn't walk away when others did walk away, I am about to do a new thing in your marriage, a new thing in your home. That's why you've been so attacked with vehicles and the AC in your home and all these things. It's, it's because the devil senses breakthrough is coming, breakthrough is coming, and he wants you to quit. But the Lord says, no, 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 son and daughter, I am with you. Don't question it. I am with you. I am with you in your why. But why, God? Why is this happening so much? God, why? I'm right there in your why. I'm in your why. In Jesus' name. And so I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray for just fresh wind of the Spirit of heaven. Fresh wind, Holy Spirit, a new deposit. A new deposit of anointing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Where's you? Come here. Yeah, Cynthia, right? Okay, come here. I want you to put your hand on Pastor Rose's belly. Father in the name And today, somebody go grab Jasmine for me real quick I need to pray for Jasmine somebody go watch the kids so that she can come over here hallelujah oh, thank you thank you sister hallelujah 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 and her husband Dom where's Dom is he back there with her too Dom come up here 
Chloe. And while we're at it, Jaden, come on. Oh, she's teaching, okay. Come up here, Jazz. So when we, when we first moved here, Jasmine was little and, and she had broke her arm and she had a cast and she was doing cartwheels and Pastor Maurice, we were having blueberry pancakes that morning. And he says, if you keep doing those, we're going to have to cut your arm off. You believe that? True Mexican father right there, right? I'm going to break your arm because you broke your arm, right? Where's your husband? Where's he at? Okay. Jasmine, I, I saw a new anointing on you today. I just saw this like, like this apostolic anointing on you to do, do things at a level of excellence on multiple levels, if that even makes sense. So even from what your mom and dad call the OCD of how you organize things to your creativity in children's ministry. Yeah, you guys come over here. Come up, come up here next to. Um, did you guys mean to wear the same pants? <laughs> but, but there's like, I just saw this as you were leading us in the presence of the Lord, that, that God is going to begin. And Dom, you need to listen to this because I don't know you at all. I don't know anything about you. I don't know the, 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 the things that you carry. But, but I, I do know and sense that, that with faithfulness comes greater anointing upon the next generation. And today I saw something different in you. It's, I haven't been here in seven years or six years or so. But today, as you led us into the presence, I just saw like just a greater level of influence and anointing and don't worry about full-time part-time you don't worry about those things because I know that your heart is here not just because of mom and dad but you just love the house of God it's it's a it's a legacy thing that was on both sides of your grandparents it's come down to your parents and it's come down to you and Miha, it's on you too but Miha, you be faithful and you be a rock for her even in the moments, because you get frustrated, I just see that there's times where you, at times you get frustrated, but you're part of it, Dom. God brought you in for her and for her. And, and, and you've, you've matured and you've grown. And there's going to be even, yeah, I just feel like there's going to be a new impartation to minister in you. And, and you say, well, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be on, on the front. That's okay. The more anointed ones typically are the ones in the back anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own Sabrina at our church. Her name is actually Sabrina. She's my sister-in-law and she runs the whole church. So, and they, they know, but, but jazz me, huh? Get alone with God in this next, these next three to six months, find him. There's a reason why cancer didn't take you out. That was just a shift in seasons. And the Lord says, you'll not die because of cancer. You'll die of old age. So don't fear. But walk in this, learn, listen to podcasts, listen to other pastoras. Find your voice, 
find your that anointing, walk in it, because what you carry is greater than what they carry. And that, that's not a knock on us, because I've been told that about my daughter as well. But what you carry is double. And there's going to be a moment where you're going to say, Mom and Dad, I got this. I got this. And you walk in it. Because, Chloe, you don't, you don't even know me, huh? You're not an orphan. Like you were chosen to be right here. Even the way that you run the cafe and you were doing stuff, you're kind of like a boss lady already. And you got that attitude. Like that kind of like the attitude of all of these where you're like, I'll cut you if you say something. That's okay. You be protective. But you've been protected. You've been marked by God. Don't ever forget that. When temptation comes, because it's going to come. And you're going to feel maybe awkward at times. And you're going to wonder, do I want to serve the Lord? Do I not want to serve the Lord? And there's the temptation to do things. As a, as a young, beautiful girl, you are marked with purpose. You didn't choose to be born into this family, but God did. And sometimes this family is crazy, right? Sometimes you're not going to get in trouble by saying yeah. <laughs> sometimes, gran- sometimes granny is crazy. Glammy. Oh, see what I'm saying? <laughs> but you carry something. You're going to be a preacher. I know, I know. But you know what? When I was 14, my uncle said, you're the next pastor in the Alvarado family line. I was like, I said something I shouldn't have said back then, but I was like, no, that never. And here I am all these years later. So you guys protect this. Dom, God has called you to be, and listen, he doesn't call him to do it. He's done it for a long time, Dom. But God brought you into this family right here because she's, she's yours. You know that, right? She's yours. And God says, Dom, I'm going to make you a cover to, to this right here. I'm going to make you to protect it and flow. And it's okay to not be in the limelight because the most powerful one, like I said earlier, is never in the limelight. You protect and you push. When she wants to give up, when she wants, when she's tired, you say, babe, you got this. I'll do it together. What do you need me to do for you? And then Jaden, don't cry. <laughs> How many of you love Jaden? Right? Uh, Jaden's just going to tell it like it is because that's just how God created Jaden, right? But Mihai, you're, you're, I hear the Lord say, you're a gem in my family. You're a gem. You're precious. Like, you're priceless. Like, there's no cost ever too high enough for what the Lord thinks of you. You're priceless. You're like that precious stone that is set in his signet ring. Oh, yeah. And when it's your season and your time, God is just going to put that ring on and just put a stamp on it. So that belongs to Jaden. God has a perfect plan for you, mijita. A perfect plan. God, okay. God already has a husband for you. Not right now. Don't get all excited. Don't get all excited. In the future, okay? Like in, like in 10 years, not right now. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> but God has, God wants you to know you don't need to figure it all out. Because you want, you want to put these pieces together to figure out what God's going to do next and how he's going to use you. you don't, with God, you don't have to figure it out. Just every day, it's a step by faith. Because the greatest woman of God understand that sometimes you feel like you're blind and you don't know which direction God says, just hear my voice. And when I say move, move. And when I say stop, stop. When I say calm, be calm. When I tell you to scream, shout. Just follow me because you hear him. You hear him right here. And it's okay to not be like her. It's okay. Because you have your own anointing and you have not been passed over. Struggle is because of this. That's why you guys hold on. Struggle with your families has been because of this. And let them judge and let them talk. It's this. You guys love your pastors? All right, right, we got to go home, but I want to pray for them. Extend your hands this way. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Pastora Jasmine. It's not a title that that dad gives. It's a mandate that heaven gives. And though you'll never call yourself apostle, there's an apostolic anointing on you to create, establish, set in place, and put in order. And don't get out in front of him. I hear the Lord say, Mija, I call you in darkness. I call you in those secret places for I formed you in your mother's womb and you are mine. So don't be afraid to take steps of faith when you hear me say, come. So not only did you write this first song you guys sing, the Lord says, I'm going to have you write an album. So just begin writing. Those crazy ideas you get, they're from me, the Lord says. They're not you. They're from heaven. So just write them, journal them, write them down, record them. And I I just see the Lord saying, I'm going to provide the resources for both of you to do what you need to do full time. Just wait. Don't get frustrated in the waiting season. And I bless Dom as the shepherd of these three, Lord. I bless him. And the Lord says, Dom, you're enough. You're enough. I brought you into this crazy family and you're enough. You're enough. You don't need to be the loud one. You don't need to be the one out front. But I brought you here to bring stability. Oh man, I feel that so well. strong on you. Like I brought you here to bring stability to the little girl and the woman next to you. And so I bless you, man of God. I pray a new anointing, a new anointing. The Lord says, the enemy tried to come after you in the womb, but I knew the season where you would shine. So I didn't let him touch you. And I bless you. And I bless Chloe, Lord. For the season is yet for an appointed time, I hear God saying, but I'm going to expedite anointing on you, Chloe. 
And I'm going to bless you, mijita. And I'm going to breathe on you. And I'm like the Lord, I just see the Lord saying, I'm going to begin to give you prophetic dreams. Write them down because there'll be a book. Oh, okay, Lord. That the dreams that you have, wow, Lord, okay. The dreams you have, Mama will will create a children's book after them. And curriculum will be made based on the prophetic dreams that I give to Chloe. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I pray for the gem, Jaden. Blessed and highly favored. Gifted and different. Ah. Because Jaden, I think of Caleb, and the Bible says that Caleb, because he had a different spirit, God blessed him and multiplied him and gave him more than he could ever dream of because you have a different spirit, daughter. I'm going to breathe life on you. And I just see wealth. That's interesting, Lord. I just just say, I just see that wealth is going to come into your life. <laughs> and you're going to finance things that your parents couldn't. And so, Lord, I put that in your hands. That's that's new, God. I just I just see a spirit of wealth on you. I, I see inventions. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that into existence, Father. And I bless this family. I bless them. Jaden, you are not a mistake, Miha. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. Mm, no. You are perfectly made in his image. And you think different, and there's a reason why. And God is going to begin to pull that out of you. God is going to begin to use that for his kingdom. In Jesus' name. And I bless the Chavez family. I bless them. I bless them, Father. And I declare peace and increase, Father. Not only on their house, but on the house of God. In Jesus' name. I declare the favor of God on Equip Church in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say amen. You guys can go back to your seats. We got, I got one more thing I got to do for you. Love you guys. Thank you guys for letting me do that for you guys, okay? One more thing I got to do that, that I felt I wanted to do. You know, um, we're going to pick up the offering, and, and I asked Pastor Maurice if I could do this, okay? And it's not, again, it's not an offering for them. We're not going to go there, okay? But you know that Proverbs 29, 18 says, without vision, people cast off restraint. And oftentimes, I remember when I heard that sermon, that verse for the first time, it was at Tommy Barnett's church in 1996. And when you think of vision, you think of your direction for your life. But I want to tell you that this also talks about your money. That without vision for your money, you will cast off restraint. Do you see what happens? Uh, that, that when you 
whether it's a dollar or $5 or $10 or $100 or $100,000, if you don't have vision for your money, you will spend whatever feels good in the moment, even though it was meant to pay a bill. You will spend whatever the moment says instead of giving your tithe or giving your offering. So when there is no vision, people cast off restraint, meaning they go in a hundred different directions because they have no vision. They have no forward direction. They don't understand destiny. But when you understand your destiny and you have vision for your life, you will say, I can't buy those pairs of shoes or I can't go to this place because this money that I have has been earmarked to pay my light bill, to pay my mortgage bill. This money right here is marked as the 10% that I give to the Lord once a month. You need vision. A lot of times we get into so much debt because we don't understand the importance of vision for our money. Because if you don't tell your money where to go, your money will tell you where to go. And one of the ways that I learned this was actually in 1999. And in 1999, my wife and I were 24 years old and we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and we attended Phoenix First Assembly with Tommy Barnett. Anybody know where that church is? It's up on Cave Creek, right? North Phoenix, an amazing mega church. Now you got to understand that, that I went from a church of 60 people, small little Spanish assembly got church in Washington state and came all the way over here to a church of 10,000 people. And it was like, we called it back in the day, the Disneyland of, of, of churches, right? Where they had all these ministries and they, in Christmas time, they did all these shows and it was, it was a powerful, powerful church, but I had no money. If anybody knows when you're in Bible college, you're broke. And, and so I remember I struggled tithing in those days. My wife and I each had a job and our jobs gave us $600 a month. So a combined income of 120, 10% of that, uh, or excuse me, 1,200, 10% of that is $120. And I couldn't let go of the 120. I was struggling with it. And one day we couldn't pay rent. And I didn't know how we were going to pull rent together. Well, the day before, we were at church. And, you know, back in the day, and, and you guys have the baskets here, is they'd have those offering plates and they'd pass them around. And we were at Tommy Barnett's church and and the offering plate is passing in front of us. And I'm like, I, I, got, I, got, I got $20. But in, in 1999, $20 filled my gas tank up. And then I still had $10 left over. Word, right? It was like 93 cents a gallon at AM, PM on 32nd and Cactus, right? I still remember that from back then. And, and, and so I'd fill it up with 10 bucks. And then I'd have the other 10 for date night on Friday night because my wife and I, you know where we went on our date night? Mickey D's, McDonald's. That's all we could afford. We couldn't afford uh, Olive Garden or Outback. We couldn't afford any of that. And so I'm like, when I see the offering basket, I hear the Lord, I hear the Holy Spirit say, give me the 20. I'm like, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That's not God. I need gas. And so the, uh, the basket passes in front of us, passes on me, and I don't give it. And I know rent is due. And I don't have rent, but I have a 20. And so I, I don't know about you, but when I begin to say no to God, I, I start getting sweaty and nervous. And so I started getting sweaty. And the Holy Spirit said, you better take that 20 out. And when it passes behind you, you better turn around and say, excuse me, and put the 20 in that, in that basket. And I'm like, 
All right, God. And so it comes around. I put it. Rent is due the next day. I don't have rent. Talk to the landlord. Can you give me an extension? They said, we'll give you a two-week extension. All right. So then next Sunday rolls around. I don't know how. I have another 20 in my pocket. Still don't understand how. All these years later, and I'm like, Holy Spirit says, you know what you're going to do with that, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fill my gas tank up, and we're going to go to Mickey D's on Friday night. And he's like, no, you're not. And here comes the basket. And I'm like, nope, nope. I had a buck, and I gave a dollar because I, I had plans for this. I had vision for this. And it passes me, and I start getting nervous and sweaty again. And here comes the basket behind me, and the Holy Spirit said, you better give it. So there I go. Boom, I put it in. Now we're the third Sunday. This is back-to-back, and I promise you, this is a true story. Third Sunday rolls around. I have another 20, which was a miracle. I didn't even know it was a miracle. It was a miracle because I had no money. And so I did the smart thing. I got up in the morning. I had the 20 in my pocket. Guess what I did? I left it on the dresser. I said, I ain't taking this 20 to church. You would think I'd learn, right? I ain't taking this 20, and I put it on the dresser. I said, babe, let's go to church. I mean, at least we're going to church, man. God blesses that. I promise you guys, this, is, I'll, I'll, this will go in my book one day. And, and I, put it, I put it on the dresser, and I get in the car, and we're going to church. And back then, we lived on Cave Creek and Cheryl Avenue, and, and, and we're driving to church in my little blue 1995 Dodge Neon, and we're driving... And we get up on Cave Creek and Thunderbird, big stoplight. Holy Spirit says, you better flip a U right now. And you better turn around and go get my $20. And I'm like, but Lord. And my wife has no clue what's going on, guys. She's got zero clue what's going on. I hadn't told her anything. And I'm like, God, I ain't turning around here. There's a big intersection. There's no way. And I heard the Lord say, I promise you, turn around now and give me my $20. So right there on Cave Creek, you know, you got to be careful because there's crazy drivers. I was one of them. I look around, and I flip around, and Mary's like, my wife's like, what are you doing? You're crazy. What's going on? I'm like, shut up, woman. God's talking to me. Nah, I didn't say that. I'm joking. Don't tell her I said that. And, and, and I'm like, honey, and I told her what happened. She's like, you're an idiot. Are you serious? God's been talking to you these last three weeks, and you didn't, you didn't obey? You're an idiot. I'm like, oh gosh, I know. And so I go upstairs, I get it off the dresser and I get in the car, we get to church. But this time I say, God, I'm sorry that I've been disobedient. And I've, I've used my poverty as an excuse to not give to you. Because I had a poverty mentality, I had a poverty spirit. Because God doesn't care if it's a 20 or if it's a hundred dollar bill or if it's a one. It's not about amount. It's about sacrifice. It's, a, it's about what God is asking you to give. And this morning, God might ask you to give $100. God might ask you to give $5. God might ask you to give one if that's all you have. But I will tell you this. God is talking to you. Stop using poverty as a reason why you can't give. Because if you can't be faithful with $1,000 a month, how are you going to be faithful with $100,000 a month? 
And so I, I want to challenge you as we pick up our offering today. Listen, I need to finish the story. I, I repented. I, 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 I gave the money. The next day I go in the mailbox and there's a check for the exact amount that I need for rent. And the Lord said, I told you that if you'll be obedient in giving to me when I ask you, I will provide all of your need according to rich, my riches and glory that I got. And family, I will tell you this. I've had to learn that there were seasons where it was hard for me to give the 20. And it's not hard for me anymore. Not because I make a lot of money, because I don't, but because I've understood the principle that I am not going to use poverty, especially the rasa here. You know what I'm talking about, rasa? You know what rasa means? La gente, us, Latinos, oftentimes we'll use a poverty mindset as a reason why we can't give. And we've got to learn that when God asks us to give, that we give him whatever he asks of us. And if it's, if it's to empty your, your bank account, it's because he's got a check on the way for you. You've got to understand that. And God doesn't just bless financially. God will bless you in all these other areas if you will learn to understand the principle of giving to the Lord, whether it's your tithe, whether it's your offering. Listen, I shared, I shared with, with the men yesterday, Pastor Maurice and Pastor Rose were telling me that you guys need six new AC units. It's going to be about 100 grand. It got quiet. Ten minutes ago, you guys were all crying in this altar. And right now, you're all dead. See what I'm talking about, about poverty mentalities? You need about 100 grand. And it's easy for us to say God's got it. It's easy to say that. But you know where God's got it? In your pocket. God's got it in your pocket. And I want to challenge you to begin to set aside some money for the new AC units. Because if there's ever a city that needs AC, it's Phoenix, Arizona, y'all. I was in here the other day and the AC was not on and I was dying already. So I want to challenge you. Begin to tithe if you're not a tither. Have vision for your money. Don't just go spend for any reason. If you can't buy it cash, don't buy it. Understand. Understand the principles. But don't let your money tell you what to do. You tell your money what to do. That okay? How can they give this morning, Pastor Maurice? We'll put it up on the screen. Go ahead. Put it up on the screen. In three, two, one. Put it up. Five, four, three, two, one. He's pulling it up. Pulling it up. We're just going to wait right here. We're just going to wait right here. Oh, that's your, do you still do the declaration? Are we going to do it today? You're not going to do it today? Let's do, you guys want to do the declaration today? All right, but hold on. Hold on. Go, can you guys go back to that declaration? I'm sorry, guys. I just give you guys that. Look at this. Look at how it starts. As we give today's offering. Let's stop right there. If you ain't giving, don't declare. Because this is not blab it and grab it, nor name it and claim it, or if it's God's will or God's bill. Shut up with that stuff. As we give, remember, I'm leaving in a couple hours, right? I don't ever have to pick up the offering here again. As we give today's offering. As we give, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a thousand dollars, 
as we give, my church is going to sow into some of these ACs. And I'm 2,000 miles away. So I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you. Sow into this, okay? All right, stand to your feet. I'm going to let the pastor of the house do the declaration with your mic. Go ahead. And then you can finish it. Hello. Let's say it together. One, two, three. As we give today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates, surprise checks in the mail, finding money, debts paid off, vehicles, homes, expenses decreased, poverty mentalities broken, strongholds broken, healings and miracles and loved ones saved. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. As I give today, I know you will pour out favor, blessing, and increase into my life, into my family, and into my church. Amen. Let's pray. Take that, hold it over your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we give today, Father God, we, we bless every every dollar and it comes into this offering boxes today, Lord. We declare, Father God, and we rebuke the devourer for your namesake, for our namesake, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that your name would be glorified in all that we do, Lord, even in the, at the house of God. We pray that there would be more than enough, Lord God, to not only fix the ACs, but Lord, continue to keep the operation expenses so that we can continue to minister to the people that you bring to us and that we reach in our community. We thank you, God, as you reciprocate back to every single person as they trust by God and trust by faith and they give to your kingdom and into your work, Lord God, that you would bless them abundantly with overflowing blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may come and give to the Lord. Praise God. If you're also giving, I know this is just a slightly bit late here, but if you're also giving by, through, the, through the app or through your phone, you can also text the, the amount you want to give to the number 84321, and you'll receive a link back, a text where you can give with your phone, through your phone on your credit card or debit card. Uh, remember, though, we don't want you to go into debt to give to God Give from your resources so that God can continue to bless you. Amen? Amen. Let's, continue, let's stand and let's get ready to, to dismiss. How many...
I'm like, I don't I know why we ask this all the time. I just thought about that. How many enjoyed this message? Um, amen. Amen. See, how many want Pastor Mike to come back? See? See, so. Huh? And Mary next time. Yes. Pastor Mike and his wife, Mary. Yes. We'll have them both come and speak. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Take somebody by the hand, would you? Let's pray. Father, your word says, where two or three touch and agree concerning any one thing, it shall be done for them, Lord. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we, re- we touch and agree, Father God, that everything that we have received, Father God, not, not only through the, 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 men, the conference this weekend, but this day, today, Lord, we want your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we pray and we decree and we declare, Lord, that we will be carriers of your presence, Lord God. That we will be demonstrators, Lord God, and not predictors, but demonstrators of your power and your presence, O God, in our life. Go with your people today and bring them back safely, Father God, when we come for prayer and for, for Bible study, Lord God, that they may be empowered by your Holy Spirit and through your word of God. We thank you today, Lord God, for what you're doing at Equip Church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday.